All right, duck. What are you doing? Hey, old shug. Where are you going? Who's that lad? Who's that lad? Voice notes, lad. Voice notes, lad. It's Liam. If uh, some elect to go their own way, then they must live with the consequences of their choice. They are responsible for their choice. Concretely, this means either you are in or you are out. Hello everybody, welcome to episode number 15 of the Voice Notes podcast presented to you by our friends, as always, Afasta Pasta. Cambridge's premier fresh pasta delivery service. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with the boys, um, talking all things pasta. Uh, now, pre-warning for people who uh, aren't the biggest football fans in the world. Um, this will be a very football-heavy show. Um, obviously, after what has happened the last couple of days, the last 48 hours, it's been a bit of a mad one, really, in the footballing world. Um for those of you who don't know, obviously, well, t- as of today, all the um, the big six um, will hop straight into it. So the uh, big six in this country, the big six clubs, um, uh, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, Man City, Chelsea and uh, Spurs have now all said no. Just say no to the proposal of the European uh, Super League, as as have Atletico Madrid AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus, I think, have kind of forced out as well. They may not have come out, um, I'm not quite sure. But it's been a bit of a... Obviously, at the top of the show, you heard um, uh, President Gianni Infantano talk about um, you're either in or you're out, and everybody seems to be fucking out. So that is a a good thing, obviously. It's been... I don't think there's been a, a football story that has... I can't remember because you know there's there's always like big transfer stories like the big transfer sagas throughout the summer and when they're done they can get a bit messy the only things like you can remember like the messiest one or the one that from back in the day that's an old school one the Ashley Cole transfer to Chelsea uh, from Arsenal to Chelsea and there was like the park exchange there was the um, they got Arsenal got William Gallas and Chelsea got Ashley Cole but that was like that was like a whole summer saga because that was like you know, there was, was there kind of tapping? Was there what's, what's the fucking term? Was there kind of was it was there foul play in trying to get this footballer? So I, I can't remember a bigger fo- football story other than that. Maybe um, being a bit kind of I can't maybe I'm being a bit stupid. I can't I can't remember any bigger football stories than that that got everyone sort of talking. Like literally everyone was talking about it. But this has got you know. Everybody talking like fans have been outraged, like fans of the, the big six clubs um, and fans who aren't the big six clubs, like myself, um, and also fans who are like say the lower league clubs as well. Not sure about, um, <clears throat> obviously, not sure about our European counterparts, um, but I think it's obviously a good thing that these teams, the, the European Super League, has not come together because it would have been a fucking, it, it, it was kind of disgrace. And I think now that they've um, pulled out of it. They shouldn't shy away. They they sh- it shouldn't be forgotten. I know that um, we waited for ages for. I don't know, John Henry gave a bit of a wishy washy apology on 
uh, like LFC TV. Um, I did like the way he just kept on referring to him LFC, not the, not Liverpool Football Club, just, just LFC. Um, Ed Woodward has resigned as well. Uh, people like Roman Abramovich hasn't kind of come out. Um, Daniel Levy sacked his fucking manager. Um, all of, all for the promise of three hundred and fifty million or four hundred million or something like that. Now he's going to sack his manager for. He had to pay him at fifteen million. Um, Spurs have just—they always seem to get. If I was a Spurs fan, I'd be absolutely—it's just kind of beyond a joke now. They just—they just seem to get put through the ringer every single time in regards to just—they are just the constant butt of the joke. I—I I swear, if they ever won anything, they'd still be the butt of the joke because I think they'd win it. Like, say, if they win the League Cup this week. This weekend, sorry, they'll still be like, "Oh, it's only the fucking league cup." Everyone's gonna just like poke fun at them. Like, I'd just, you'd be constantly like, "Fuck off!" If you're a Spurs fan, but hey, say, say, say uh, I can't even speak. But yeah, they um, they still need to be punished. These these teams need to be punished. And I think Jeff Stelling said it on Sunday when this whole thing kicked off that even if this does fall flat on its face, which it has, and they all have, they they still need to be punished. I think they should be given. If they, if I think they need to be given like European bans, points deductions, um, a possible transfer embargo, like hit hit these people in the pocket where they wanted to, you know, um, prosper with. So it's 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 really fun because they're always the message basically was or what they wanted to do was like we're already we're already multi billionaires. How do we become multi multi billionaires? And and in the process, and they try to fuck fans over. But I still think they need to be punished because they just they, they need to I think play, players and ma- certain certain players and managers need to be taken um, uh, well need to be given a quite a bit of praise as well obviously Jurgen Klopp saying what he said he quite famously said a couple of years ago that you know uh, two, I think it was 2019 he was opposed to the idea because it's always been floating about like that I remember for years years ago like Richard Scudamore saying that 39th game in either China or Singapore or wherever the fuck it was like in America it could have been but um, that was all that that idea was floated around like a, an extra kind of exhibition game, like the NFL do for the um, well for that when they play Wembley or Twickenham and probably the London Stadium soon. But uh, that all that that was kind of the beginning of it. I think it's always been kind of floated around and everything like that. But he was a, he was strongly opposed to it a couple of years ago, saying obviously the, the Champions League is pretty much a Super League and it just eliminates any sort of eliminate what what it would have effectively done. It would eliminated any sort of it was purely for greed and it was fucking hell, Liam. But point out the obvious, but it was it was just you can't sort of what can what can you say what any, anyone else hasn't said over the last few days it's been an absolute fucking mad one and for a moment you did think it was it was going to go through i did i did see this one guy talking that you know a letter of intent doesn't actually mean that it's a sealed deal that it's a done deal so i don't think um uh, it, it, that, that was maybe when i started my head started turning maybe i thought it was a bit this might not go ahead, but and Andrea Agnelli, Andrea Agnelli, the Juventus chairman, has said basically without the without the big six teams in England, they can't go ahead, which is a good thing. Sorry, Mick Gassi, but I think it's, yes, it's a good thing. It's been disbanded, um, and it's going to take a long time for these big clubs, if ever, to get the um, relationship back on side with their um, football pun back on side with their fans. Like John Henry, like well Stan Kroenke, 
I don't know if he's ever met an Arsenal fan, to be honest. So I don't, I'm not sure if he can kind of repair any damage that he's made. He had to. Nobody liked him anyway at Arsenal. Daniel Levy, especially because of his sort of, because he came, he covered himself in a bit of glory, really, and well, not glory, but he came across very well in the All or Nothing documentary with Spurs on Amazon, and he came across very well. He was very well spoken, and you, know, you got to see behind the scenes of like what you know, big football club. Um, uh, well, retract, retract that. What Tottenham do on a uh, on a daily basis, and you got to, you know, Mourinho became the media's darling again. It was, uh, but he's going to have to answer. He's going to have to really do some making up. Like he's never really a Spurs. I think because some of my family members are Spurs fans. Like he and a lot of my friends are Spurs fans. Like he sort of divided a lot of people's opinions within Spurs because he is such a ruthless businessman. He doesn't really give a give a toss for kind of feeling, which you kind of have to if if you're in, if you're in that business. But in the in a in a way, you kind of do. I think he's always seen. People have because he's a bit kind of because he does just look cold. He looks like a cold, calculated sort of person. He's just anything. He'll do anything to kind of get ahead, which which hasn't really worked for him being the chairman of Spurs. But yeah, nonetheless, all these clubs need to be punished. They can't. People can't forget. And I'm, I heard um, I think it was Mickey Quinn like on Talksport today on Laura Wood show, like saying, "Oh, you shouldn't punish them. They've this is the punishment enough. Like the fans putting them through the ringer." No, you need to you need to hit them where they where they hurt where they you need to hit them in the pockets because that's the thing that you know they wanted to if you forget if 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 the fans if there was like a 50-50 split if there was a kind of people kind of thinking oh well you know it's like there were people thinking that but it wasn't a lot of people it was a very you were in the minority if you thought like it was a good idea if there was people kind of if you were able to find the positive from this and there was a bit of a split. Oh, well, you, know, you never know. It could be okay. If it was like that, or if there was no reaction whatsoever, they would have still done it. This, this, These plans would have still gone ahead. So you can't really forget. And they'll no doubt they'll probably try and do it again. Because all this really... It's not really a surprise that they tried to do this. Because there is, you know, it's... Uh, <coughs> They are. They all they do is think about money. They don't really think about fans. You, you, there's countless examples of you know, ticket prices being you know, you know raised throughout the years in the Premier League. Obviously, I'm a Crystal Palace fan. Like the ticket prices are fairly, um, are fairly reasonable. But then there's other stuff like you know third kits and all that stuff. Every single Premier League team has like you know, different third kits. They're obviously trying to. They're always always trying to peddle more money out of it. And obviously, it's a business. But you know, when they say they care about the fans, it's, it's it's, you kind of have to, in a way, with the Glazers and Cronky, you kind of have to admire them in a way because they just—they really have not just given a shit. They just don't care whatsoever, which isn't a good thing. But like, least they're least they're painting their colours to the post. They're not, you know, they're not trying to hide behind anything. Saying, oh yeah, we we want to do this for the fans or this for the fans. Like they want to make as much money. They want to milk people dry as as much as they possibly can. So they need to be punished. 100% they can't you know what people's people are absolutely outraged by this and quite rightly so they need to be punished there's, there's, there's no way um, there's no way there's no way about it I think a European ban is sufficient enough I think just not playing for those six clubs not to play in Europe for say the next couple of seasons would be would be sufficient enough and it'd be good to see like other teams like um, obviously I don't like West Ham but West Ham look like they're going to get uh, they could get into the Champions League. Leicester as well. Well, Leicester, 
automatically, don't they? If they win the FA Cup, they're they're in the Europa League anyway. But they might like last season they could bottle it. I think that I don't think they'll get Champions League this year. Who knows? But that's another thing, big thing. Like Leicester getting into the um, football. There's been football games on, and they're like not that many, but they've just not meant much. They've not meant anything because of everyone's been um, because there was the Leicester versus Southampton semi final, and that was Leicester getting to their first FA Cup final in over fifty years, and then. You know, Steph Cup semi-finals. Well, fans were back in the. I think four thousand fans back in the stadium, and then there was also obviously the Man United Burnley game, which the story broke during that game pretty much in the afternoon, and then nobody really gave a toss for for the result. Then there was Liverpool versus Leeds, which everyone in the country were raw Leeds, aren't we? We're pretty much just everyone was Leeds. Um, and then like James Milner said, what he said, James Milner and Patrick Bamford deserve some praise as well because James, James James Milner kind of just articulated he didn't have to say much because he didn't have to go on a massive tyrant and massive rant because a tirade even but uh, it, what what has been said has been said and obviously you can, you can go over it and fluff it up but I think uh, James Milner put it very succinctly and very 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 well and also Patrick Bamford like speaking in you know it's, it's a shame that this people get this outrage when it's comes to their pockets not with um in the terms of race or discrimination um and that's that was that was very well put i think they should you know they're they're putting themselves out for for saying that really because you know they're at the, they're at the mercy of their clubs they, they, these clubs could have just gone then could, you wouldn't have been surprised in the, in the slightest it would have been a massive backlash but they've already suffered like a massive backlash within that first 24 hours if say cuz Klopp basically went against his owner and said, look, I don't like this idea. James Milner said the exact same thing. And they could have said, like, look, we want you out. If you're not going to be on board with this, you can fuck off. But they would have, they would have received a massive backlash, but they'd already kind of... They must have thought, like, well, if we're going to do this, we might we could go all the way. But um, No, but the, yeah, the European Super League, I think, because Atletico, it's all been disbanded. Everyone's out. It's like a, it's like a fucking... Pride parade. It's like everyone, everyone's out. Everyone's out. But um, yeah, all the big six started with Chelsea last night. Peter Cech getting amongst it with the Chelsea fans. Um, uh, he didn't go with the head, did he? he done himself in. Did actually put his head guard on before he got in if he wanted to scrap. Um, then there was Man City, and then there was yeah, everyone else followed, didn't they? I'm not sure if all the clubs have come out of an apology yet. Um, they should do. They should. They really. Should. They should. Do, they should do something for. They should. A gesture should be made by these clubs because that would be a start for the, the, the sort of repairing process. And Jamie Carragher said for I think it's the FSG Group, which is the um, the John Henry Sports Group or something like that. Um, he like he he thinks obviously he's a Liverpool man. He's he's good as person to to tell me and my mate. Cara met him at the airport once, not a big deal. Um, he uh, didn't spit in my face, but uh, he said, you know, he, he's kind of wondering if that relationship can carry on with the fans because obviously they've brought, you know, they've done a lot for Liverpool, but at the same time, like they sold, they tried to sell them out, they tried to sell the club out. Um, and what Gary Neville said about, you know, the two big, the, you know, the two biggest clubs in this country, Manchester United and Liverpool. The ones he's disappointed in the most, the ones that kind of need more outrage the most, because given the history, the sort of you know, the, the you know the, the working class nature of both clubs, like where you know the cities themselves, like you know working class blue collar people, um, you know you'll never walk alone. Like what 
Gary Neville said about workers founding the club um, over 100 years ago. It's, it kind of goes against everything that the club has stand for or stood for. But, um, yeah, they're the ones who need to get a bit of flack. Obviously, Arsenal. Chelsea and Man City have avoided quite quite a lot of um, bite back from this. Obviously, from their own fans. But public eye, nobody has really given them the flack that everyone else is everyone else has gone like no one's got more fun probably than Spurs because everyone's just like fucking Spurs but I think it's been they've seemed to kind of got off not gotten away with it but they've gotten off with a bit of a slap on the wrist in terms of a PR sort of standpoint because Liverpool Man United Arsenal Spurs got battered like they got absolutely battered nobody's really talking about Man City and Chelsea in, in regards if they may what if they is the Champions because I'm not sure about the Champions League thing because they've not because didn't they all leave the ECA the European um, something association European Club Association so surely they're not allowed back into the Champions League those three teams I, I'm not sure if Real Madrid have backed out the Super League yet I'm not sure if Barcelona I don't think Barca Juve or Real Madrid have pulled out and by the way, fuck Florentino Perez. Like he was saying, like stuff like we're here to help the game. The young people are getting, you know, they're falling out of love with the game and all sorts. We need to bring up, you know, this and that. Like he's not looking out for anyone else but himself and his mates. He's like, who is who is he? Who does he think he's kidding with all this stuff? Like a lot of these people, these fucking bullshit. Like high high and low, you meet them all, all, all walks of life. People who just bullshit you. They start to believe their own bullshit. And obviously, he's a very wealthy, powerful man. He just starts to believe his own fucking shite that comes out of his mouth. He can go fuck himself. Like, that was absolutely... Like, the stuff he was saying, like, it was just... It, we, we, like, just the, old, just the audacity to say we're trying to save football. We're trying to get a few things up here. We're trying to get a few things up here on the podcast. But um, I couldn't believe... Like, I, I saved quite a lot. But I couldn't believe half the stuff he's fucking coming out with. And I don't really like that... Um, Cava, Cava, I can't pronounce his last name because he went on. He went after a Palace fan on uh, on Twitter, called like call him a just basically just slaying him off when he didn't really do anything for him. But he's come out with a with a few few bangers this week with in terms of quotes. I think he's done quite well. Obviously, the coverage has been really good. What have I got here? Whenever there is a, ch- this is what Florentino Perez said about the um, uh, European Super Cup will save football. Whenever there is a change, there are always people who oppose it. We are doing this to save football at a critical moment. Young people are no longer interested in football. Why not? Because there is a lot of poor quality games, and they are not interested in the other platforms. Yeah, but like this is what makes football football. Like you can't, you don't have the, you don't have a full product without. Burnley's, Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace's, um, fucking West Ham's, all those people like Wolves, Aston Villa. You don't have a product without the full, the full lot. So like everybody puts like, yeah, it would be good. To, like because we always talk about the Champions League. Like, oh yeah, wouldn't it be great if you know Real Madrid played fucking Bayern Munich in the final? You don't know if it's going to happen. They might play each other in the semi-finals, and it's like even so, oh fantastic. But like maybe even better because it's a two-legged game. But you, you, you sort of eliminate that conversation and it becomes like it's just him just to say we're doing this to save football and young people are doing this and like fuck off like absolutely get fucked mate like just it was absolutely 
Ikakuma could not believe it. And people like Domino's as well, when they they didn't shower themselves in glory. I'm saying that phrase quite a lot tonight. Um, Domino's Pizza UK launching a new pizza, hashtag European, European Super League. Toppings, greed, betrayal. Some amazing football teams, Arsenal, Spurs. I was like, these lot charge 100 quid for five fucking pizzas. You can get fucked, mate. Honestly, that was absolute... They were laughed out of Twitter on that, on that night. I've been... And like everyone else, I sound just like... Um, uh, Every sort of YouTuber and stuff like that. And they were laughed out of Twitter. But I've um, I've been glued to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything. I've, I've even been listening to TalkSport. And that in itself is enough to make you not want to listen to TalkSport ever again. I've been listening, like, um, especially... I've only been catching clips of the Laura Wood show. Because she's she's very good. Ali McCoy's is good value for money. And he's all right. And then... Um, but then you've got like Jim White and Simon Jordan who just get into the most ridiculous fucking arguments about everything. Jim White could say, Simon, the sky today is the bluest I've ever seen it. And then Simon Jordan goes, well, what on possible gold green earth are you talking about? Like just they'll just go at each other for for, for the sake of it. But you know, that they've been alright. Jim White's okay. Jim White just seems to get rattled by everything Simon Jordan says. Which, to be honest, everything everyone would. Um, also, just coming in over the wire. Wire? Supporters of teams like Wigan Athletic recall that they face point reductions for their owners' actions after some express the reluctance towards the punishments for the joint Super League. Yeah, they, they, they should. Yeah, like, um, here we are. There's some, someone's tweeted. Uh, Wrexham, Leeds, Boston, Portsmouth, Cambridge. Views. Uh, Rotherham, Luton, Bournemouth, Dagenham, Southampton, Stockport, Palace. Ooh. Plymouth, Port Vale. Coventry, Bolton, Wigan, Birmingham, Sheffield Wednesday, all EFL or Premier League clubs who whose fans were punished for their clubs breaking the rules. Yeah, they should they should definitely be punished. All these teams, um, points deductions aren't fair on the fans. Tell to the following, which I've just fucking said. So, I think um, yeah, they the book needs to be chucked at them. Still, I don't think they they can't get away with what I've said before. They they can't get away with. I'm just saying, oh, yeah, we pulled out. Yeah, we're all good and everyone like us. Does everyone like us now? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Come to our games, buy our stuff, please. please. And, but uh, they need to, everything needs to be, um, uh, yeah, the the, 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 the the sort of outrage and the disgust needs to continue. You need to kind of be as angry as you were on Sunday evening as as like, as, as you were like afterwards. Because, yeah, it's a good thing that they've pulled out, because it's, but it's only after... Remember this, it's only after this outrage. They would have still done it if there was a bit of a kind of 50-50 split or kind of like, mm, or if they, even if there was an outrage, they could have just been like, fuck you, we're doing it. So kind of lucky, well, I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say lucky, but it's, uh, but yeah, these clubs, for their owners, they're going to have to um, uh, come away with a big, they're going to have to fucking, they're going to have to kiss the feet of the fans every time they come in. John Henry's going to have to be on every single turnstile at Danfield and fucking John, John, Jerry, Joel Glazer, whoever the fuck, is going to have to fucking be like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Like, serving them at the fucking, in the turnstiles. <laughs> like, um, but, uh, yeah, no, and, well, Spurs as well. Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. They've appointed Ryan Mason, which I cannot help but think is a huge PR stunt, like, because they could have, like, and I, they... <sighs> They could have appointed like they could have appointed Ledley. Obviously, either or. I think they appointed Ryan Mason, and Ryan Mason, I think, is being unfairly used as a bit of a pawn here in this 
because they got rid of Jose for whatever reason. I think he was on his way out anyway. I think if he would have won the cup, he might have. They might have got rid of him at the end of the season because I think Spurs. I don't. They wouldn't have got Champions League. I think Spurs fans would have still wanted him out. Like, yeah, we've got a trophy. Fantastic. On your way out. So, I think. Um, I think he's just being used as a bit of a, a bit of a pawn here because Daniel Levy's obviously like, look, we're we're backs against the wall now, lads. We're people. We're fucking. We're getting lambasted here. We're getting battered. How about someone goes? How about we hire Ryan Mason, boyhood boyhood fan, academy graduate, played for Spurs, loves Spurs. Yeah, an unfortunate sort of injury which led him to retire. You know. All that stuff, but that someone goes, "That's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. Who cares about him?" And so, like, just bring him in because he's Spurs. So, I think it's unfair on him. I, I don't really care who wins now. I wanted Spurs to win on Sunday, but fuck them. I don't care who wins. Um, it's just going to be interesting who comes in. Not, not who. Um, how if if they sort the Champions League semi-finals out. I don't know. It's just going to be a bit, be a bit fucking mad. Well, do they do they give point deductions this season, or do they do it next season? I can see them doing it next season, but because it's because they're still they're still afraid to upset people. Um, I think I'd like to. Who would have liked to have been a fly on the wall as well during that fucking uh, the meeting of the the meeting of the fourteen, the other fourteen Premier League clubs at the FA. I heard like a lot. I heard, like I know fucking people, but um, you heard reports from like Sky News that like people like I think Burnley are obviously a bit mad, um, Leeds Villa, like the big clubs in that within that um uh, fourteen like Leeds, Villa, Everton, Leicester as well. You could say they're probably the most, they're, they're like been given like recent relevance relevance. To winning the league, um, yeah, I think that, that would have been that would have been very interesting to be a fly on the wall. And obviously, they condemned it; they you know, unanimously were against it, which is which is good news. Obviously, um, the chairman of my football club, Steve Parish, came on Monday Night Football, spoke very spoke very well, actually spoke very very well. Um, and it was just it was just drama. The whole thing was drama. Like the UEFA president calling everyone fucking snakes, like just. Here's a little snake in the grass, like it, fucking absolutely nuts. Like it was just, it, it kind of didn't seem real at, at first because you're like, surely this can't be real. Surely this can't be a, a thing. But yeah, it was well, obviously what well, fucking point out the obvious again, Liam. But yeah, no, I think um, yeah, no, mate. Um, it's all done now, and obviously it, it's a bit of a the, just the timing of it as well because you got you still got the rest of the season to play. And it's a bit of a a flat-ish kind of end, really. I was a bit flat anyway as a Crystal Palace fan. I you know, usually am, but it's... Um, yeah, it's just a very flat sort of end because you, I don't really care. I want to sit... What I care about is want to seeing these teams get fucking punished and seeing these teams, um, you know, get the book thrown at them. So I think it's... It, it's definitely needed because they've got a set present. If it's, if they all, if they are all, of, if they do, if they do, Claire, if they do, Claire, if they do care about the football pyramid, um, they will respect the teams that we just mentioned. Obviously, the teams who have been fined previously and deducted points previously. 
Um, and and everything else. So Andy Berman has having set Andy Berman a five point plan for football fans to reclaim control over the European Super League fiasco. That's my um, Andy Burnham impression. Big Everton fan. There's a new account as well, which is quite funny on Twitter. But a lot of these things come about. Things that lasted longer than the Super League, the European Super League. One of them is Gemma Collins's <laughs> I'm a Celebrity appearance, three days. Um, Alistair Cook's uh, 263 versus Pakistan, that's two days. And uh, from his new favourite Twitter account, um, John Eisner and Nicholas Mahout at Wimbledon 2010, that was three days. That was, I remember that game as well, that was quite fun. It was, that was 2000, uh, 2010, fuck, mate. So I mean, John Eisner won, but Nicholas Mahout, they had to, because obviously it was a history, like they played. Stupid amount of it. It was like he won seventy to sixty-eight games in like the third set. It was a fucking mad, mad game. The last thing you want to, if you lose that, the last thing you want to do is like take a fucking picture. They're like the picture is like John Eyes the smiling, and then there's Nicholas Mahout like, yep, yeah, fucking take it. Just let me go. Let me leave. Fuck off. Fuck off. But um, he's just saying fuck off in French. But yeah, I think yeah, these teams. If you're yeah, they need to. They need to respect. They need to respect the football family. But yeah, these these people have a point because if you're gonna take away points from Wigan, like the EFL seem to just like they love like the English Football League. They seem to love like taking points away from like when when the club is down, like Bolton, Blackburn, like all these teams, and it's a bit of, big coincidence sometimes when they're all like north like northern teams as well. They seem to relish taking points away from them, and they seem to kind of love to rub their nose in shit, saying, "Oh, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that." So, like, they seem to love doing that, which is um, which is quite uh, which is quite shit. So, hopefully, they take all these. They have the same sort of um, uh, ethos in fucking taking points away from these cans. But um, Barcelona and Real Madrid are apparently still at the Super League, and apparently. <laughs> Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. That's them, right now. That's them. Um, uh, says says I'm just looking on Twitter now, seeing like what's what's going on. Any sort of news? Um, uh, Chris Palace chairman deserves massive credit for coming out and being one of the five first faces to stand against the powerhouses. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. To, he, I knew he'd speak quite well. He's he loves a. Um, uh, he loves a public appearance, does our Steve, um, and he he covered himself in glory again. There's a there should be a covered himself in glory um, uh, jar and not the and what not jar <laughs> to do all that. But yeah, on also obviously in the midst of this uh, all football thing, yeah, fantastic. It all got dropped. Um, you know, Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher deserve a massive plaudits because they sort of articulately stuck it to all the fucking these bottle merchants and they really did come at them and it was like sort of the voice of the nation really um boris johnson tried to have his fucking day with it like he can get fucked um and also but yeah like gary neville jamie carragher like articulately just stuck it to these big owners and obviously didn't show they, they don't really show bias anyway i think towards their clubs like gary neville openly just dogs man united whenever he can because it's been Probably even quite easy to do it for him. <laughs> they kind of do it for him on the pitch the last few years. 
Um, and Jamie Carragher, other than Sally, you little dancer, um, he's yeah, he's you know he's, he's he's a fan like anyone like everyone else. But I think they deserve quite a lot of credit just coming out and sort of put they because they're putting their jobs on the line with this because Sky because Sky could have just said to them like Look, we don't this is not good for us. We are in partnership with the Premier League and you know we don't want that at all. But. Well, Jamie Carrigan can spit in someone's face and still get his job back, can't he? So I suppose that's a, a crock of shit. <laughs> but, um, credit to him. But anyway, um, but what would the... Yeah, small... It, I suppose the, all the notes I had for this show, like, because I put, like, what would what would it mean for the smaller clubs? Like, um, clubs going bust. Obviously, clubs have had to furlough staff. Um, like, Arsenal, put, they, they made 55 people redundant from their club. Um, it took. They tried to make the fucking mascot redundant as well. They didn't. They sack the mascot. They, they didn't. They because it was like the fifty-five people made redundant, and that wasn't it. That the money who that paid for Willian's contract is two hundred and fifty thousand pound contract a week. I know it wasn't like um, obviously they're not board members. I'm not sure about the details, but Arsenal as well. Arsenal were a fucking shambles of a club. Like fuck Arsenal, but fuck them all. Fuck them all. Man United. West Ham, Liverpool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, another mixed, uh, obviously, bigger news stories at, at, at for um, the policeman, um, uh, Derek Sharvin, found, I don't care if I pronounce his name wrong, he's a fucking rat, um, is found guilty of all three charges of murder of George Floyd, um, which is, yeah, that's, that's the more important news story here. Um, you know, it's a very, uh, was there, was there any need for a trial? I, I, obviously, Everyone sort of everyone can answer that question, and it's um it's a good day that he was he sort of locked away. Hopefully he gets some uh, hopefully he gets a few lickings in fucking jail. Hopefully he gets fucking battered and you know rest in peace, George Floyd. Um, I'm not that articulate to so sort of keep going on, but yeah, that's the more because obviously the backdrop of this football story that's been going on as well, and rightly or wrongly, you know that's the you know. It's, in this country especially it's taking a bit of a back step but it shouldn't take a back step um, uh, anyway yeah fuck football we're going to obviously for you non-football fans have been going on about football long enough um, 34 minutes to be precise <laughs> and uh, everything but I also have finished another joke as well we'll talk about the fucking Jake Paul versus Ben Askren that is the biggest like dive I've ever seen like taken in a boxing ring that looks like that was the big because wasn't he celebrate? I've not seen, but I've seen just still pictures of him like celebrate Ben Askren. Jake Paul knocked out Ben Askren in the first round or first few rounds of their fight, their kind of YouTube super fight, and obviously everyone think everyone hoping that Ben Askren would beat Jake Paul. I don't really think he, he should fight a boxer. He should fight a legit boxer next. He should fight like Tommy Fury is probably not the right one because it's just like weight classes if you're gonna if he's gonna consider himself a professional boxer Jake Paul um, he should fight a professional boxer and like fight someone in his weight class he should fight some like a fucking savage like someone like that but um, yeah he got he knocked out Jake um, he knocked out Ben Askren that was um, yeah it's just a fucking joke and I won't talk about that much much longer just it's just um, he just keeps on having his day Jake Paul really I th- I'd say he every day he's his day because he's an absolute smug multi-millionaire bastard but um anyway not jealous at all <laughs> um also finished um ozark obviously been chatting about ozark quite a lot in the weeks past didn't chat about it last week um 
Yeah, ta- oh, actually, no. We'll skip those up for now. We're going to go on to the fantasy football segment. Da, 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 da. Um, big week for your boy. Back again. Back again this week. Um, it's the it's tight at the top in the fen- in the fantasy league. Um, uh, it's the top three who are running away with it. Running away with it. Where I usually have been all season, top of the league, which I will be again soon. Um, I am now third. So. It's a two, literally. I've got one seven six six. Um, Arthur, who's second, has got one seven six eight, and Jack has got one seven seven zero. So it's very tight at the top. Jack has not had a great week for points. Um, he's just kind of hanging in on the skin, skin of his teeth. Um, Arthur's had a good week, and I've had a good week for the first time in a fucking long time, which I haven't really needed because I've been fucking bossing it the whole season. So, um, but I played my wild card this week. And I've still got some players to come in, so I've had I've had a, I've had a decent week in regards to points. So that was quite good. Um, next week will be a bit. I've got no subs. I've got no subs. So I've got a full, I've got a full eleven. We've got a 54, 54 points this week so far. So far, um, because Spurs are playing uh, Southampton tonight, and so are Aston Villa are playing Man City tonight as well. So I've, I've got two players. I've got oh, so yeah. When are Leicester playing West Brom? Thursday, so tomorrow night they're playing on BT Sport. So hopefully I've got Cashmere Michael, Harry Kane, and fucking Ruben Diaz. So hopefully that'll be a good points total. Anything in the last couple of weeks has been good for me. But yeah, come and make my way back up to the top where I belong. Um, uh, it's coming. It's an actual title race now, which is quite a good, quite a good thing. So a bit of like competition doesn't doesn't hurt anyone, but yeah, I'll no doubt I'll be back at the top. Um, uh, hope you're listening, Arthur and Jack. Um, shout out to we'll have to get you guys. You obviously we had Jack on last week. We'll have to get those guys back on for the fantasy football bit. But now on to Ozark. Um, now I finished Ozark last night. Um, I've kind of just bombed through it the last couple of weeks because I just have been able to. So it's been really good. It, it's I fucking love Ozark. It's such a good show. I think every single. The third season, especially, is just like where you see the biggest character development. From mid-season two onwards, you see the development of like Wendy Bird, like her absolute ruthlessness. Everything about her is just absolutely like she's just cold, cold-blooded, and you know she she will kind of do anything to get ahead. She kind of re- she seems to realize what she's now in, and she has to do it. What she has to do to survive. Almost, and she's just a clever. She's a, she's a clever person. She's a smart person as well, and she's her sort of history and politics has has given her that. So it's and obviously Marty becomes more vulnerable. No, because obviously, obviously spoilers as well. This is heavy spoilers. If you've not watched it, um, I advise you to turn down the volume for a little bit for the last few few minutes of the podcast. But um, yeah, I think Marty after he killed after he killed Mason. He just obviously doesn't want. He's not a killer, is he? I remember going back in the last pod, like a few podcasts ago, like a few shows ago, saying like, "Oh, he's better than uh, Walter White because he seems to be a bit more cold, a bit seems to be a bit more home, a bit more at home of it." I was kind of wrong with that one because um, a good friend Connor, who's had been on the podcast before, um, pointed out that you know Walter White's reaction to all the, the stuff that's going on bad in his life with the drug cartel and like the interactions he's having with these people. Is a natural reaction. No one, re- everyone would really act like he's acting. Obviously, a man at his age as well. You know, he's been straight as the whole his whole life. Um, Marty Bird may be because you get um, to see like the inside when he has the kind of 
recruitment weekend with Del, Del Rio, um, at the golf course and they kill his old accountant and stuff like that. So he's kind of maybe numb to it a little bit more than that, but even still, he's once he kills Mason, he's just in his head, he's like, he's gone. He's not the same person again. He's he, he's not he's not got the same ambitions. He does he's he's less willing to launder money for the cartel and, you know, play puppet to them pretty much. But it's kind of Wendy who's keeping everything going, keeping everything ticking and keeping everything alive. So it's um and then you see Charlotte and Jonah come into their own life. Jonah's just a fucking badass and like has had to they've both had to grow up very quickly. And their their development is brilliant. Like Wyatt um three, probably the best name ever. Three doesn't really feature that much in it. Um Darlene is just a psycho. Um she's but she's a great, great character. She's just very like all the female characters are just—they're very brilliant. They're just very cold and brutal, and just like they're very cal- But it's not like it's not just a kind of callous decision. Like even though on the face of it, Darlene's decision to blow Del Rio's face off is a bit of a kind of spur of the moment thing, but she's actually doing it. Like when she, when she, um, uh, you know, she's getting Wyatt on side. That's that's a calculated decision. She's she's kind of bewitching Wyatt, really. Even though Wyatt's a smart kid, but she's been around the block. She knows a thing or two by now, and she's a very, she's a cold killer. She's she's been there and done it. She runs a fucking heroin farm for Christ's sake. So, and when she blows Frank Cosgrove's like nuts off, that's that's a, that's that's a move to get Ruth on her side, like to get low. She's she's saying to Ruth like it's a, it's about time people from around here like get rewarded because the birds have fucked everything up in their lives. The birds have come in and disrupted everything, um, and. Even though Darlene has played a part in like disrupting like it herself, it's not like she's completely innocent. But everything um, in like her thinking, like she's because obviously Ruth wants rep- retribution for Frank Cosgrove Jr. beating the shit out of her. Like she's supposed to be untouchable, and Marty. That's that was a great scene. I thought that was a fantastic scene because it really then you you're on Ruth's side. Really, because if because Ruth just says like if if fucking Charlotte was in this position, you'd be it'd be a different conversation. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. And like Marty and Wendy can't really see past. It's kind of like they're saying that they love Ruth and they're loyal to Ruth and that they they mean she's family. But when they're when Ruth is literally spelling out for her, spelling out for Wendy and Mar- Marty on her hospital bed, they're kind of like. Well, yeah, we've done it. Like, we've, we've done what we can. Like, we've, we've sorted it. But they haven't really sorted it. They've just had a chat. And, you know, Ruth's, Ruth is just the best fucking character in that show. She's brilliant. She's calculated. She's cold. She's just her always like when and um, Helen went to see her. She's like, what the fuck do you want? And like, just always authentic. Like, just always like she's never off key. She just, she doesn't. Um, uh, and that barrier kind of came down when she got to know Ben a little bit. And when I... My first, um, when I first watched the show, and obviously just watching Ben, I obviously, you know, there's TV characters that everyone will always love. I'll always love Jesse Pinkman. I always hope the best for Jesse Pinkman, um, for example, and like Ben as well. Like I felt so sorry for Ben. I really sympathised with Ben because he was just a, you know, he had you know severe mental illness, and you know he was he just a, he just kind of his reaction to everything. Being like finding out that they're in a you know his family's sister works for the cartel they have people killed you know he figures all that out 
figure out figures all that out for himself. And when he has that kind of episode, he you know calling them like liars and you know goes off on Helen's Helen's kid, telling her who she is. It's his reaction is normal. His his he's like Jonah's fourteen years old and he's able to kind of par the cops away from like their speeding boat. He's like Jonah other stuff that Jonah did like. He's he Ben's reaction is the complete right reaction. Like he's just what he's like what the fuck almost like he's just really really kind of this, his whole world is or who he knew who he thought he once knew his sister is completely different to what who she actually is and he's there's a real innocence to Ben as well and that's that that's what's hard about hit that scene when he is kind of he's he's killed and then you feel. You do feel Wendy's pain afterwards, like Wendy, because in the episode she takes him away and he's in bits and like he, he's doing himself no favors, but at the same time he's doing it out of like, because he wants to get back to Ruth. He, she asks him what he wants in five years. And he goes, "That's simple, Ruth, like dogs on a farm, bit of land, and like it's the simple life." And that's that's generally what he wants because he fell, he found someone in Ruth he fell in love with, and Ruth found someone in Ben who he, she can like let that barrier down that kind of iron curtain of just like strength and toughness down and she's you know completely she's she's softened by him and you know it's that was obviously you're annoyed at wendy you're angry at wendy for doing that and like you think how the hell could you possibly do that but that comes back to you know wendy's character development like obviously season two the start of season two and throughout season one she wouldn't have done that she would never have dared to do that because that's not the person she is but she's had to her character arc has changed in a way like she's become like she's she's on the phone to Navarro all the time and she's you know making basically basically making demands of these fucking drug drug lords these politicians she has everyone in her everyone in her pocket she plays the game so well um but you see the sort of human side of you see her the Wendy from season one to the midway through season two when she'll see she realizes what she's done she's had her brother killed and she's just absolutely in bits and in just yeah like it's, that's that's emotional to watch as well because you're just you're just thinking fuck like this and also yeah just bet just i f- just felt bad for ben just like the simple and that scene when he's in the taxi talking about his you know experiences with everything you know and he's when you he's talking about like you know to the taxi driver and like the, the whole situation because he just told helen to go fuck herself but that's a powerful scene as well. That's a very, very good scene, and, and you know, just, I fucking love Ben. Like, I, was, I was sad as I was, I was as sad as I was the first time watching that as I was the second time. That was fucking. That was so sad, um, and just great. That's good TV. That's good TV. That um, that was that's a, that's an old joke, by the way. That's good TV. But that was um, yeah, just a very Ozark's fucking sick, and I cannot wait for the fourth season it's apparently it's gonna be in two parts and it's gonna be brilliant i cannot wait i cannot wait i cannot wait um rest in peace ben absolute legend it'd be it'd be interesting to see what jonah does now with his um with the information that helen told him before she she obviously died that was a fucking wild ending as well when she got shot in the fucking head um also it's just interesting to me I've completely lost what I was going to say. Two seconds. I just need to pause this. I'll be back. And we're back. Sorry, someone just came through the door. So I was talking about Ozark. Um, Yeah, the third season is just as good as I remember it. Um, 
great to rewatch it and sort of just reboggle my mind as well. But it'd be interesting to see like characters like Jonah and the information he has and like yeah, just what Marty and Wendy are gonna do for the drug cartel now because I think Wendy is now at a similar place where Marty was after, you know, the whole Mason incident because well probably even more so because she put her brother to the sword. But one thing I did take out of this was one thing just an observation you see like these American shows like the Ozarks like just America is so cinematic like just looks um, it just looks amazing like everything about it like when you she's because she's driving Ben and he's she's asking where do you want to go like you say Knoxville and she was like three hours away from Knoxville but the highways just look, they look so cinematic everything about it it's like when they're on the lake the lake looks beautiful I'd love to like live around that sort of like an area like that where you've just got a lake and a boat on your back door. It's just, um, uh, it's pretty good. I prefer living on a lake. Would you prefer living on a lake or li- living next to a lake or by the sea? There's a poll question for you. I think I've always said I like to live by the sea, but I would love to live by a lake as well. Just a body of water. Give me a body of water, then I'll I'll live on it, right? But anyway, that about concludes it for this week. A bit of a short one this week. Um, uh, just sort of chatting about football. Thank God the uh, Super League didn't go ahead. We'll just have to wait and see if um, the if the big clubs get punished. They should get punished. They need to get punished. Um, uh, the fans do have a bit of power, so it seems. And I think fans need to give themselves credit than, than more than they deserve, really, because... Yeah, just obviously that's it's forced change. The outrage is the outrage of the last few days is, is completely forced change. But um uh, yeah, rest in peace to the Super League. Get fucked, Florentino Perez, get fucked all the big clubs. I hate you all. Um and rest in peace, George Floyd. Hope you guys have a great week. Um enjoy the sun. Hope this hopefully you have a, a good week. Keep smiling and we'll see you next week. Bye.